Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. If it is your first time here, maybe you haven't been in a while, um, my name is Joshua. And um, this really young lady in the green sweater on the front row is my wife, and that's Lindsay. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have the privilege of being the lead followers here. And I'm so grateful for our team and everybody that helps make what we call a service happen. There's a lot of people um, that help make a church service happen, especially when you do it consistently. Everybody say this. Say, not one ingredient ingredient. makes makes a cake, but it takes every ingredient working together to make a cake. Some of you, like myself, a lot of us came out of ministries or you grew up in churches where, you know what, the man of God was the pastor. You know, he's the most spiritual person there. Um, he's the anointed person there. You know, everybody serves, kind of serves him. And, every, and the whole service is built toward one thing, the message. We don't do that here. We don't do that here. Because watch this, I, what I'm doing is, is no more important than what the guy in the parking lot's doing. What I'm doing is what is no more important than what those who are really keeping kids. Actually, you know what the Bible says? It says more honor goes upon the members of the body that nobody else sees. I could get a ton of people to come do this. You know where the real honor goes? To the people watching your kids. Try getting volunteers for that. You know, we laugh, but it shows our own immaturity because we can't do it. Listen, so what are we doing? We're letting the Holy Spirit teach us how to see the kingdom, right? So the members of our body we don't see actually hold more honor. And something that you'll notice if it's your first time here is uh, we are grateful for every person that helps to do anything, but we're building home here. We're not trying to build a, a successful church. It's quiet in this Baptist meeting today, but it's, that's okay. That's okay. When you build family, you know what family is? Family's messy. You ever notice that? Family's messy. It's also messy when birth is happening. There's blood and water screaming, chaos in the room. But what's happening? Life is coming into the room. Come on, I just had some friends that just had a baby. I love hearing the story. Life is coming into the room. So if it's a little messy, it's okay. We like it that way. It's a sign of life. Listen, um, so for maybe I would say the last almost three months now, we've been talking about one word. What's that one word? Union. Union. Anybody been learning anything, by the way? Come on, if you've been learning, let me see by show of hands, you've been learning some stuff. Let me ask you another question. How many feel like you've actually been growing through what you've been hearing? That's, that's, that's really, really important. You know, for years, the church has tried to be the spiritual arm of a nation. Watch this, without being the educational arm of a nation. I'm going to say it again. The church has tried to be the spiritual arm of a nation without being the educational arm of a nation. And all spirit with no education, we end up with fruits, nuts, and flakes. Ministries. I'm going to say it again. All, all spirit, no education, we end up with fruit, nuts, and flakes. Ministries. And whatever denomination you want to put behind that, but... 
Somebody told me that last week, they said, you know, I like it. They said, I'm actually learning something. Praise God. We actually can learn in church. They actually called Jesus good teacher. <laughs> Let me just keep on going. Anyway, um, I think let's look at John chapter 17. Let's do that. John chapter 17. And, uh, and then I'll look at uh, maybe John 14. John 17. And then I'll look at John 14. Let's do that. John 17. I'm reading from the New King James here. I'm not sure what we have on the screen, but I got New King James here. A couple of things. Um, just want to put this out here to you. Let me make sure I'm telling you right. Yeah. I can get my phone open here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. So this upcoming Wednesday night is our first Wednesday. If you didn't know this, write this down so that you don't forget. Every first Wednesday night of the month, we gather here. Everybody say this. Every first Wednesday at 630, we gather. And so you'll come. There's usually no worship. I usually just put out a whiteboard and we teach something. That'll be happening this Wednesday night. Okay, so if you're alive and well, please come. Every first Wednesday, starting at 630, we gather and we just share something the Holy Spirit's been speaking to us here. Not only that, every second Friday of the month, we pray, right? Every second Friday of the month, we pray. I want to say this, the real force, as it were, behind any church really is the prayer. Yeah? Most people say they believe in prayer. Um, we would even say we think prayer is one of the most powerful things in the universe. But you know, the most, the least attended meeting of any church service is always the prayer set. Ding, ding, ding. Hence, a lot of the problems that we have. And so, first Wednesday night, we gather and we teach. Second Friday night is always prayer. And if you didn't know it, on Sunday mornings, we gather for church. All right, I feel good. I got that out of the way. All right. I'm a, John 17, I would really love to read the whole thing, but I don't have time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start at verse 20. But I just want to, if you've never read slowly through John chapter 17, you need to. The Lord's Prayer is really not the Lord's Prayer. Um, we call it the Lord's Prayer. He was actually giving us a pattern of a way to pray. But I can tell you why it's not the Lord's Prayer, um, because Jesus never sinned. And in there, he says, what? He wasn't talking about himself because he didn't sin, right? Nor did Jesus ever really lack anything. I mean, this, if he'd have wanted to, he could have spoke that chair and said, I, become a, a, you know, a, a Big Mac. And boom, if he was hungry, he could have got a Big Mac. Jesus didn't lack anything. He was talking to us, right? So the real Lord's Prayer, you could say that prayer is, uh, that's the disciples' prayer. But the Lord's Prayer is John 17. And it's beautiful because you get to peep in on what a real prayer of Jesus was like. And it's absolutely amazing. I'm going to skip down to verse 20, John 17 and verse 20. And they're going to put that on the screen. John 17 and verse 20. And I'm just going to read down for a little bit, okay? Everybody say union. union. All right. John 17, verse 20 says this. This is Jesus. If you... If it's your first time reading the Bible, not every Bible has it, but usually when Jesus is speaking, it's written in red. So if it's red, it's Jesus talking. He says this, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. In other words, the disciples that are following me, 
This prayer, Lord, is not just for them. And he has prayed some powerful stuff already. We'll get into some of that. This prayer is not just for these, but it's also for those who are going to believe on me because of what these disciples say. Watch this. That prayer is still happening 2,021 years later. Do you know we're in this room because somebody believed the word of those disciples? Listen. Listen, so I'm not praying for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be all what? Everybody say union. That they may be one, watch this, how? To what degree? As you, Father, are in me, and I am what? Wow. See that union? I want them to be one, to what degree? The same way, Father, that you are in me, and the way that I am in you. Why? That they also may be one in who? Watch it now. There's so much union happening here. I'm going to throw this Bible. That the world may believe that you sent me. Why do you want this union to happen? Because if they recognize, Father, that you're in me and that I'm in you, watch this. And that they are one in us. Well, that's a whole lot of union. You're in me. I'm in you. They're in us. If they get that, then the world will actually believe that you sent me. In other words, the reason the world doesn't believe in Jesus or who he is is not because of a bad devil. It's not because of nightclubs. It's because those who say they believe in Jesus don't really believe in Jesus. <laughs> Let me just keep going. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one again. So much union happening here. That they may be one just as we are one. And if you didn't get it, say it again, Jesus, I in them, you in me, that they may be perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and that you love them. How did you love them, Father? To the exact same degree that you love me. Do you know that your Father in heaven loves you to the exact same degree that he loved his only begotten sinless son? This will preach in the kingdom hall. Some of y'all are like, what's the kingdom hall? Well, just anyway. <laughs> Father, I desire that they also whom you have gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. Oh, righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I've known you, and these have known you that you and these have known that you sent me, and I declared to them your name, and I will declare it, that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. Hmm. One more time, say union. So union is just a simple way of saying that we are one with Jesus. I love saying this. We do not have a what with Jesus. You do not have a personal relationship with Jesus. That is nowhere actually in the scripture. What the Bible does teach, though, is something 10,000 times better than that. It doesn't teach you have a personal relationship with Jesus. It teaches that we have union with Jesus. 
Nowhere in the Bible is this terminology. Personal Savior. That's just something we invented here in America. Like literally, we did a really good job of it. It's everywhere. You always read about he is the Savior of the world or cosmos, every created thing. Jesus is the Savior of that, right? Because of our terminology, we now believe things like Alyssa has her personal thing with Jesus and Kristen has her personal thing with Jesus and Joshua's got his personal thing with Jesus and Charles has his personal. It's just me and Jesus. The truth is, is Jesus isn't doing nothing in any of our lives that isn't tied to his, watch this, ultimate destiny for his bride, the church. So we don't have a personal relationship. We have a union. You can fall out of personal relationship, but you can't fall out of union. Because in personal relationship, it's based on me doing my part to try to keep this relationship strong. Well, if they're strong and you're not, in personal relationship, one of you can lose it. But in union, if, if we would ever get this about marriage, to become, watch it now, to become that's a union. We even make vows when we get married. We say things like this. In sickness and in? In poverty and in? We say things like this. Till death do us part. Union is two becoming not just closer together, but still remaining two. Union is two becoming one. God has a funny way of adding. Jesus has spent three and a half years with 12 rusty, dusty disciples. Fishermen who were very coarse. He's, some people on his ministry team were involved in politics. Now, you know that was crazy. You know that was crazy. He had people involved with politics on his team. He had tax collectors, which nobody still likes 2,021 years later. We still hate them. I, st- I love saying this. I wish Jesus would have said when they said, Lord, is it rightful for us to pay taxes to Caesar? No, saith the Lord. <laughs> but he didn't say that. He spent... Three and a half years as a rabboni, as a master teacher, teaching them stuff. And Jesus would always edit the scriptures, which we are afraid to do, but Jesus always edited the scriptures. He would say, it has been taught to you, an eye for an eye, but now I'm telling you, he always edited the scriptures, and he would say things like this. He would say, you've heard it said. I always picture that yeah, British accent. You've heard it said. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> For some reason, they put Jesus in movies, and he's a white guy from Europe somewhere. I'm just like, that's probably not true right there. And he's got a British accent. It just sounds cool, but anyway, it's not true. And you know what? He would say, 
you've heard it taught that if you look at a person, or really before that, really, you have to lay with a woman and actually sleep with her, or lay with a man and sleep with him. And if you do that, it's considered what? Adultery. You know what? Jesus came along and said, let me really tell you what the spirit behind that was trying to get you to. Now it's not that you got to get caught in the act or actually do it physically. I'm telling you, if you look at the opposite sex and you go there in your mind and you lust on that thing, he said, no, 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 that's adultery. They're like, well, well God, who in the world going to make it in the kingdom then? <laughs> I've been to the beach. Lord, I'm done. <laughs> I went to Walmart. I'm done. Now, if you go to Walmart, you, you good. I went, I went, I went, just, why is it different people go to Target and Walmart? I'm going to keep right on going. Just keep on going. I called my wife the other day. I said, I went, are they different people at, Wal- at Target and Walmart, babe? I'm just saying, I'm going to keep right on going. But anyway, you used to have to actually take a knife and put it in somebody's heart physically and kill them to be a murderer. You know what Jesus came along and said? And that was in the scripture. You know what Jesus came along and said? He said, no, but I say unto you. If you hate your brother without a cause, you murder them. I mean, look, Peter's listening. Peter's going, oh, but who's going to cut a man's ear off down the street? I mean, Peter was rough. We got no hope. How do we live this kingdom life? It's impossible for you to live this life on your own. And he's talking to people that lived up under what we know today as law. They were rule keepers. They tried to be perfect based off what they could do or what they couldn't do. And before Jesus, union with God was impossible. You couldn't be united to his righteousness because you had to be righteous based off what you did. You couldn't be justified based off his own justification because you had to be just by yourself. You had to be just because of what you did. Watch it. You couldn't live the sinless life or be even considered forgiven based off what he did because upon the law, it was all based off what you could do and your sacrifice that you brought. All these people are hearing Jesus pray this prayer. And at the end of this prayer, he says, Lord, I want them to know that You're in me, I'm in you, and they're in us. And then he says a few verses later, I'm in you, you're in me, they're in us, vice versa. And it's all twisted around. It seems like a mumble jumbling of words, but the best way Jesus knows how to say it is this. We're one. So he spent three and a half years teaching these men how the kingdom worked. And it all goes back to one thing, union. This is absolutely huge to me. If you're taking notes, I want you to write some stuff down. I believe that on the earth right now, one of the best things you can do with your life is become a student of Jesus. If you've ever struggled with feeling guilt, feeling not fully forgiven feeling accepted you ever felt like you got to perform for god to love you or even if you were a christian and you sin you know it takes you like weeks to get back to a place where your conscience isn't beating you down those are all realities that people go through who do not understand watch it union can i tell you something i live a guilt-free life legitimately i live in an unoffendable life now because of jesus 
Not because I'm a good boy. No, because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. For taking notes, write this down. One of the keys to understanding union is seeing Jesus. Like locking Jesus in your gaze. Why is that important? Because Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen my who? Jesus was walking the earth in Israel. His father was in heaven, but he had the audacity to say, yeah, but when you see me, you see my father. No, I don't. I see a carpenter. No, no, no. When you see me, you see my father. No, I don't. I see a Nazarene. No, when you see me, you see my father. No, I don't. I see Mary's baby boy. No, I'm in union with him. Yes, he is in heaven, but I'm in union with him. How is that possible? He said, because I and my father are one. Watch this. And distance never separates us. Listen, distance doesn't separate us. My wife just came from Florida. Even when she was in Florida, distance may have separated us. Watch it physically, but spiritually, I have union with her. Well, I could feel, I could, I could believe this union thing if, like, if I could like see the presence of God and, you know, he had, I don't know, just say the, the presence of God was blue and that blue uh, cloud always like kind of stood beside me and it was partially on me and everywhere I went it was there. Then I could believe in union. We have to get to a point that we believe truth even when we can't feel it, even when I can't see it, even when it looks like it's not true because life can lie to you. Truth is truth whether you feel it, whether you see it. Watch this. Even whether or not you're currently experiencing it, it's still true. How many of you have ever been married but you didn't feel married for a moment? The rest of y'all struggle with lying. You are a man of God, Charles. A double portion resting on. You see, he can do that because his wife ain't sitting beside him. And she's in the back. Bless the Lord. You ain't getting Chick fil A at all this week, boss. She's feeding you from Popeyes every night. Okay, okay, okay. I'm I rest. I'm resting. I'm resting right there. I'm resting. I'm resting. Everybody say union. In union, you don't have to feel it for it to be true. This is why the life we live, we do it by and faith in the Greek is pistis. It's, 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 it's another word for trust, to wholeheartedly lean on something. I trust this to be true. You can't wait to believe something is true until you feel it, or if you do, you'll miss the boat. If you have to see it, feel it, touch it, taste it for it to be true, then it doesn't require faith. The scripture says, why would a man hope for what he can see? Teach Paul. So, listen, we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, we're not living by our senses. So, my father-in-law used to teach this so beautiful. 
The opposite of faith is not fear. It's actually sight or it's actually your senses. The opposite of faith isn't fear. Paul didn't say, for we do not walk by fear. We live by faith. No, he said, we, we don't walk by sight. It's faith we walk by. Everything you can see has the potential to make you doubt what you can't see if you let it. That's why you feed yourself on truth until you're so full of truth. Watch this. So you end up having no vacancies in you. I have no emptiness in me. Jesus said, when you see me, you see my father. In other words, you don't see him, you see me. But I am in always right standing with him. His spirit is in me. In the life that I'm living right now, I'm living out of my union with him. This is union. Jesus was in so much union with the father. He said this. He said, the miracles you see me do, he said, it's not even me that does them. This is in the Bible. He says, but the Father in me, that's union, he does the works. So when I lay hands on a person and they get healed, Jesus was saying, essentially, it's not just me doing this, it's the Father in me because of your union, he's doing it. He said, what you hear me say, they're not even just my words. But when you hear me speak, the spirit in me, he's speaking. Because I, watch this. I'll do works, but it's not me. It's the Father doing the works. I speak words, but it's not me. It's the Father's spirit in me speaking the words. How can you say that, Jesus? I can say that because I know I have a union with the Father. Listen to what he says. I pray that they will see that, Father, you're in me, and I'm in you, and they're in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Now, what if you went to work tomorrow, and you actually believe the scripture? Pastor, I guess don't feel it. No, no, I didn't ask you to feel it. I asked you to believe it. And you went to work, and you actually believed that you were the head and not the... Yeah, but, yeah, but I'm a janitor. Then be a janitor that's the head and not the tail. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at a cubicle putting data in a system. Yeah, but do it knowing that you are blessed and not cursed. Do it knowing you are a son and a daughter of the living God. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a stay-at-home mom. As if that makes you any different than the entrepreneur. What if you woke up tomorrow and you actually believed that you have union with the Father simply because you get it via through the Son? You can't mow grass and not be in union. You can't take a walk through the park without being union. You can't do what I did and go to Crest, you know, at like 6.55 this morning, getting bread without being in union. Everything you do, you do it through union. What, Amer- 
What Christianity in the West has taught us is that we do church services and then we, we rely on our union. But I'm telling you, we're not struggling in our country today because of lack of church services. We're struggling in our nation today because people don't understand that they are not part-time Christians. I'm a Christian when I'm at church, but the rest of the week, I'm an employee and I'm a husband and I'm a, I'm a wife and I'm a son or I'm a daughter. No, you are a son and daughter of God all the time. All the time. You have union with God all the time. Yeah, but I just sense the heavens are open when I'm... No, I sense the heavens more when I'm not in this building than I do when I'm here. I kept my friend's child last night and they left and I'm just thinking, oh my God, I kept sending them messages. I'm holding, weeping. You know why? Because I see the beauty of the father in the eyes of their son. And I said, you guys are wealthy people. But were you listening to a sermon? No. I'm bathing him weeping. Why? Because I see the beauty of the father through the gift of a son. Watch this. I started, thanks to Robert Spencer, hit him up. This brother can refurbish a dresser unlike anybody I know. He got me renovating dressers and refurbishing dressers. I'm doing it in my garage this week. Saying all it, I look like a, half beaver like, like I've been eating on tree. I mean I just got sawdust everywhere <laughs> thinking about the goodness of God in my garage dusty but doing it out of union and <laughs> and my soul begins to erupt so much so that my eyes can't hold it you understand where I'm going how will the world know that you sent me if you have more effective conferences? The pastor gets a better car. I don't know. You get another fish tattoo. Tried all that stuff. Seriously. Tried all that stuff. Become more spiritual. Which, how do you do that? The world will understand that I have been sent by you when they believe that I'm in you, you're in me, and they're in us. And when they get the revelation of Acts 17, 28, where Paul said, it's, it, Jesus said through Paul, it's in him that we move. It's in him that we live. It's in him that we have our being. We don't move, live, and have our being on Sunday morning from 10 to 12. We move, live, and have our being every waking moment of every day. This is the gospel, and this is union. There are no sacred and secular moments. If you're a painter, you paint for the glory of God. If you work at a radio station, you do it for the glory of God, in union with God. If you are a barista, and God's raising them up too, you do it for the glory of God, in union with God. If you're a teacher, you teach students in union with and for the glory of God. If you own a landscaping company, you do it out of union in and for and with the glory of God. This is the gospel. I'm not going to go down that trail, but I can tell you how people in ministry make it seem more spiritual with what they do than what everybody else does. Except Jesus was not a preacher. He was actually a carpenter. The father could have sent the son to the earth to be anybody. He said, you know what? I'm going to make you. I'm going to send you to earth as a businessman. And I'm going to let most of your disciples be businessmen as well. 
As a matter of fact, he, what if he said, Jesus, I want you to start your ministry team, and I want you to go down to the seminary in Galilee. And I want you to get the best preachers, and I'm going to give you 12 men, and they're going to be awesome. Nope. Get tax collectors, because I'm going to teach them about union. Go get a few women to follow you, too. What prayer meeting do you want me to invade? I want you to go sit at that tax collector's house. And while you're sitting, I'm going to let one come in from behind. She's just a prostitute, though. Matter of fact, I want you to make your way down towards Samaria. And instead of going straight there, take the route through Sychar. And while you're sitting at a well, I'm going to let you encounter someone that early church history calls her Saint Fotini, the enlightened one, who went on to take the gospel all, all over Rome. If we understood that the world will understand that Jesus is the sent one, not by an angel appearing in the heaven says, ta-da, Jesus is real. No, they see a transformed life of people who actually believe in Jesus. And people can say, I know you, man. That's not you. What's going on in you? Jesus is going on in me. Not only that, you need to fix your gaze on Jesus. I want you to write this down. Why is Jesus important? We learn everything from Jesus. Write this down. Jesus kept pace, or he got his pace from the Father. He got his pace from the Father. He got his pace from the Father. Man, our culture right now is crazy. We think you get more done by doing more. You know, Jesus had three and a half years to do ministry. He never ran to one place. They, they come, they say, Jesus, my brother's about to die. You got to come now. I'm coming. Well, come on. They, 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 they left. You know what? He came. Oh, if it had been, I'd have been sitting at the gate of the city. You waited that rascal to get here. You curly haired carpenter. I'm on it. I got something to tell you. I'm going to put it on. Well, you wait. My, my brother done died. You can hear all them. You can heal all them sinful lepers, and you can't get here on time. I'm about to, it's going to be over. Oh, Jesus comes strolling in town with that George Je- just just strolling, Savior walk, right? He didn't run anywhere. And guess what? Jesus walked almost everywhere he went. Why? Because he got pace from the Father. I think that through union in a culture like ours that's built, you got to do this, 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 even in church. What's the next song? All right, it's time to, it's time to start service. Out of service, you go into transition, and out of worship, you go into transition, and, and I, I, after you transition, you go straight into the Word, and, and then you take up the offering, and then you do, and then it's the, what, what, what conference are we got going next, and what, 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 what? What, 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 what? And then we leave here and we go to work the next day and we come home and then, you know, you go into the kids' activities and doing all this stuff and then you watch two hours of Netflix at night and then you, you wake up and you do the same thing and we get caught up in this crazy pace. And on, if we'll be honest, I'm going to try to fit God in there somewhere. Jesus had a business. He had a rabona, uh, a rabbinical school, I guess you could say. I mean, he was a teacher. He had 12 disciples. He had to make sure they were getting taught. He had to always provide a place for them to stay when he was on the move. He had to always feed them. 
He had the masses always putting the demand on him, but he never got into a rush. He got his pace from the Father. For me right now in union, I'm learning I have to get my pace from what I see Jesus doing and what I hear him saying. Do you understand that as a, the lead follower here, senior pastor, for those of you guys who don't, who don't track with us enough to know what that statement means when I say that, just it's our way of saying we're senior pastors here. The pressure... This will be the same for marriage, for how you parent, for your business. Just by being on social media alone, they'll make you think you know nothing. Because all we do is we see the highlight reel of somebody else's life, and we compare our low points with their high points. Watch this. Perfect example. They got six people in their church service that day. Every other chair is empty, and they come from a side view, and all you can see is six heads, and you see hands lifted up. And you come back and you're like, well, we got empty chairs in our service. Man, God's moving around there. And you compare somebody's highlight reel to your low moments. Oh, every every post about their marriage, they're smiling. You know, the the husband has the the wife lifted up in the air. Kid rolling around in the field, no hair is out of place, no stains on their clothes. And you go to your house and little Johnny got dry boogers on the side of his face, (laughs) right? Six in the afternoon, you come home, Bubba Joe walking around like this right here, like, what's okay? Why do we compare so much? Because this culture that we live in, it's crazy. I want to tell you something. Get your pace from the sun. And the sun says, I don't do anything that I haven't seen my father do. So you want me to come now, but I'm waiting on what Papa says. You want me to move now, but I'm waiting on what Papa says. You want me to start now, but I'm waiting on what Papa says. Why? Because I have a union with him. What did the disciples learn from Jesus? He got his pace from the father. There was one particular occasion the disciples said, Lord... You need to go down now. Everybody's in Jerusalem. Let's go make, be, let's go make you known. Let's blow this thing up. Let's go to FedEx, Kinko's, and preach off some business cards. Just heal one person. Your ministry's about to go boom. And Jesus said, Mm-mm, we're not going to do that. That sounds good. It will make a lot of money and even make a lot of noise, but it's not what Papa's saying. I'm going to choose to stay in the shadows. So he got his pace from the Father. Secondly, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. He kept the Father before him. This, which they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Why is it essential that we see Jesus? Because Jesus showed us what the Father was like. But he also showed us what it was like to be a human being in right standing with God whom you cannot see and do it on the earth in the middle of busyness. He got his perspective or he kept the Father in perspective at all times. Now listen, I'm going to go back and read John 14. I'm going to read something to you. This is John 14. Jesus says this. If, verse 7, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and you have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and we'll be okay. Jesus said, how long have I been with you, Philip? I can really see Jesus getting saucy right there. 
He says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show me the Father? I've told you how many times when you see me, you've seen him. And I would have been like, no, I don't. I just see a Jewish guy. Do you not believe that I'm in the Father? Union. And that the Father is in me? Union. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, union. But the Father who dwells in me, he does the works, union. Believe me that I'm in the Father and that the Father is in me or else. Believe me for the sake of the works themselves. In other words, proof that I'm really in union with the Father is what you see coming through my fingertips. Because Jesus didn't do nothing without first getting permission, as it were, from the Father or getting that prod. He stayed in right pace. Even in stress, he was able to remain calm. Just think about it. He's on a boat. The disciples are freaking out. You know what Jesus is doing? NyQuil. I mean, he just gone, bro. Like... (laughs) He always managed to see what the Father was doing. You know what I've done a lot in my life? I have made decisions based on natural understanding. Dave Ramsey says, do this. I appreciate Dave Ramsey, but that may not be what the Father's tend to do in my finances. Right? This popular couple says to do this. They always deal with marriage. That may be very true, but is that what the Father's telling you to do right now? Seriously. The scripture says this, Proverbs 3 and 5, trust in the Lord with all of your, and lean not on your own understanding. That means you will have multiple opportunities to trust in yourself rather than lean on the Lord. You know that song? I lean not on my own understanding. My life is in the hands of the maker of heaven. Like, because life is busy, it's the busyness that plays into the fact that we don't have time to trust in the Lord. Because that takes time to lean on you. And it takes time for me to actually slow down and hear what you're saying. And because we're so fast-paced, we don't have time to give God my face or my gaze or let him be in my perspective. I'm looking everywhere else. But I want to say pace helps us slow down. And when you slow down, perspective changes. Psalms 46 and 10 says, Be still and know that I am what? God. What if he said, be fast and you'll know? Well, we'd be, we have it all figured out. In America, we would. Because right, I can order pizza right now from my phone. I can set up appointments from my phone. <laughs> be fast and know that I'm God. No, he actually says, be still and know. Why? Because stillness requires more from you than fast pace does. I know people, they brag about how much they can do and the speed at which they can do it. I'm a multitasker. Bless you. I'm a single tasker right now. (laughs) And I'm really good at it. 
sent my wife a meme the other day. And the meme said, it has a guy doing like this, like, and the meme said, when the wife tells her husband, I told you we were going to do this two weeks ago. He was like, what? (laughs) That's definitely me right there. Don't let pace make you miss slowing down and seeing the father for who he is. You know what Jesus would go on to teach? Come on, Taylor, man, come to the keys for me. You know what Jesus would go on to teach? He would say this. I don't, and I don't need any singing, guys. I'm good. Just some keys. Jesus would go on to say this in that, in that Lord's Prayer. And I'm, I, I need to take another three months and teach on, keep teaching on union. I'm trying to, to see things from his perspective, um, but I, I believe them even when I can't understand them. You know what Jesus was doing before he came to the planet? Before his name was Jesus? He was in union with the Father and with the Spirit. That's what they were doing. Early church fathers coined the term perichoresis. Perichoresis. Peri. It's really where we get our term like periscope and parameter. It deals with a circle. Choresis is where we get choreography from. And they say that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit were doing this beautiful dance for all eternity. Eternity passed, and they were dancing. They call it it's the perichoresis of God. It's the great circle dance, right? I read a great book on that recently. It really moved my heart. And the word, before he was named Jesus, he was Logos. He was light. He was life. Yahweh wanted to share this union that he had with himself with others and so he created others meaning meaning us to share in this union with him and that was beautiful that had so much union that in a garden the father could come down and walk with Adam in the cool of the day that's a union man that's a union that union one writer said this he said the union that the father had with creation could be likened to the union that a mom has with her child when it's first born. When that child is actually in the belly, it eats through a what? Middle cord, yeah. Everything comes through that umbilical cord. From its source to the child. And when that child is born, there's still union there. And then we bring scissors and we what? And then he's off on his own. They likened Adam's sin to that. Like he was in such union with the father that the father could come down in raw form, whatever that was, and commune with Adam. And then sin came in. Then it's like, boom. And Adam's awakened. What? What, What's going on? he, He ran and he hid. Adam was a part of this great circle dance and didn't even know it. But the father, not willing for humanity to be forever separated not just from him per se he didn't want him out of union he didn't want him out of step he didn't want him out of pace and because humanity did this to themselves Jesus couldn't God couldn't send an angel to redeem him because an angel didn't fall the redeemer has to become like the ones he's redeeming So the son says, you know what, Father? I'll step out of this great circle dance. And I'm going to go show them what union is all about.
And so he left the Father and the Spirit, and he comes down. Think of it, Paul says. He was born of a woman. You see, when Jesus was born, the angels were going, whoa, look at that baby. That's the Lord of the universe, and they don't even know it. What kind of union is it when perfect divinity can put on perfect humanity and the two become one, yet not ever really blend? It never, it never took away from Jesus to become human. And Jesus becomes perfectly human. And you want to talk about union. It was union at its most beautiful point. And Jesus did for 33 and a half years on the planet what Adam should have done when he was there. He remained sinless. But yet he encountered sinful people. And he was showing broken fishermen and political zealots and tax collectors, everybody. He was showing them this is what it's like to be in union with the Father. Jesus, why do you always go pray? Because that's where my union is strengthened. Huh? Huh? <laughs> and out of this union, they're watching him. How do you forgive those people knowing what they did to you? He said, well, I bless those that curse me. I pray for those that spitefully use me. How? Because I have union with the Father. And this is normal in my kingdom. Blessed are those. When you, when men revile on you, and do all manner of things against you falsely for my name's sake. He says, great is your reward in heaven. How is that possible? Well, it wouldn't be possible unless this thing of union is real. So here's Jesus for three and a half years. He's getting ready to close and he lets John into his prayer and he says, Lord, show them that I'm in you and that you're in me and that they can be one in us. That way the whole world may know that you sent me. And then he says this, and I want them to know this, Father. He said, the glory you gave me, I gave them. Do you think it was glorious what Jesus lived upon when he was on the earth? That's glory. You know what he did with that glory before he left? You know what he did? He said, I'm giving it to you. You live in the same glory. You live in the same glory. You live in the same glory. I'm gone. That's what he did with it. He said, I gave it to you. And we're praying, God, let your glory fall. That's an insult. That's an insult to the gift of Jesus. And he says, I pray. Now, he said, would you give me back the glory I had with you before the world was ever even formed. I'm like, what kind of glory is that? If what you lived and walked in for your three and a half years of ministry, if that was great, can you imagine what it was when he was in that dance before you ever even came down? Oh. This is the gospel, man. Father, I desire that they whom you gave me may be with me where I am and that they may behold your glory, the glory that you've given me. I recognize the world doesn't know you yet, but I've known you. And I have declared it to them, and I'm going to keep declaring it, that they know the same love that you love me with, you love them with. What do you think the disciples felt when John left that prayer meeting? He goes, um, Jesus just said, the same love that the Father has toward him that he has toward us. That's union. I want you to be in pace. You can only do that right if you have union, if you understand it just a little bit. 
I want you to keep the right perspective of the Father. And lastly, when you do that right, it's just amazing how much peace comes in life. You know what these 12 men were going to do? One of them didn't make the trip. They would go on to get pulled apart by horses and wouldn't deny Jesus. Pulled apart by horses. Nero was putting them on stakes in his backyard and covering them with oil and lighting them on fire to give light to his parties that he was having. A lot of history says they actually sang their way to their death. You know what Jesus did on the cross? He said, Father, forgive them. Why? They don't even know what they're doing. How could he do that? He had union. He had union. Would you stand to your feet with me? I want you to know, if you're in this room, now don't get excited, women. This is for the men too. Everybody in this room, you are pregnant with a capital P. You are filled with God. You're filled with God with a capital P. Well, I haven't felt him in a while. It's okay. He'd never leave you nor forsake you. He said, I'll be with you to the end of the world. I'll be with you to the end of the world. I want you to wake up in the morning and with confidence, not the morning, let me rephrase that. I want you to go out of this building today knowing that you are with God and that God is with you and that he's in you. I talk to him all the time. You know why? Because I know he's with me. No, you're just weird. You can call it what you want to call it. I call it union. It's normal. It's, it's normal. It's normal. Jesus. 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 I see the Lord literally giving some of us dreams about being a part of this circle dance. Whoa. Can you see that? When you see me dancing around my home, you don't have to question, why are you doing that, man? I'm, I'm, I'm taking my place where I was meant to be for all eternity anyway. And I want you to know, you talk about let it be on earth as it is in heaven. You got to even go higher than that. As it is in this circle dance, there is no anxiety there. There is no fear there. There is no cancer there. There is no circle there. There is no, there is no lack on any deficiency there. Do you understand? There is safety there. There is provision there. There is fullness there. There is joy unspeakable and full of glory there. There is peace that passes all your understanding there. There is prosperity there. There is relational safety there. I'm telling you, Edmund and Mustang and Yukon and Enid and Midwest City and Dale City and Norman and more, they're fixing to see Jesus in a whole new way. They're going to believe he was the sent one. You know why? Because those who believe on him currently are going to live as if we believe he was the sent one. And the world will know that you sent me because they believe in me. And I give you permission today as a father of this house, I give you permission to live as if you actually believe that Jesus gave you the glory that he walked in for those three and a half years of ministry. I give you permission to walk under that cloud now in Jesus' name. I give you permission to live the guilt-free life. I give you permission to live the forgiven life in Jesus' name. Jesus. 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 And I just bless his home. 
I bless this home. I pray that your voice becomes the loudest one in his ears in this next season of his life. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, just put, extend your hands toward heaven and we're going to be done. Father, thank you for union. Come on, say thank you for union. When I don't feel it and when I do. When I don't sense it and when I do. It's true of me. If it was true of Jesus, it's true of me. And not only me, in my family, in my kids, in my spouse, in my job, in my community. This unity surrounds me. It has overtaken me. I live in it. And it lives in me. And because it's true, the world will know that Jesus was sent by the Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.